Yeah, I like today's topic, man. This is gonna be fun. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good pickup from last time where we talked about just this low motivation, low energy that a lot of people are experiencing. I think we're going to get into some of the reasons why people are having that besides all the COVID stuff going on, which we don't need to talk about at all because I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to talk about it. Let's talk about some real stuff. And I like what you said about, can you go 24 hours without giving people advice? Because people always want to solve stuff, especially men. So people complain about something, people automatically want to go into solution mode. And can you, can you go 24 hours without complaining? And then if you really want to take it up to a high notch, can you go 24 hours without talking at all? Now, that, that third level. <laughs> that, that, that's like super scion mode right there. It's like, ah! people even try that. We might as well say, can you go an hour without talking to anyone? Even that would probably have a hard time. And because guess what that also like, includes? That, like, also, oh, text. that like, means no talk, no text. Texting. Yeah, no texting. Either. No communication. None whatsoever. Nothing that... Anything that has to be transcribed with words, don't do it. Whether the words come out of your mouth or come out of your phone, don't do it. Now, the only communication you can have is nonverbal. So if someone's standing in front of you, tilt your head to the direction like, get out of the way. <laughs> you know, you see someone, you just give a nod. But that's it. But there's no talking. So, yeah, man, like you said, it's, it's very hard for people to not insert themselves into people's situations and always have to give the unsolicited advice. And like you said, that problem is really a big problem with men because naturally and sometimes in the worst at the worst time, men want to be the protectors. They want to be the saviors. And almost every man has a cape just tucked away in their pocket, ready to be taken out at any moment, especially if it's another woman, you know, just impress them just to try to show what they know, just to prove to the woman, Hey, I can do this. And I know this and I'm knowledgeable about this. There's a lot of people that walk around just like a basic everyday Cliff Claver. <laughs> Anybody watch cheers knows who Cliff Claver is. Basically this is this person. Like he always came with these random facts that no one asked him about, <laughs> but he always had a fact pertaining to any situation. So you have guys that are the same way. So, so basically, and there's some women out there too that do the same thing. So basically, yeah, I mean, there's some nagging mothers out there that don't even have children. <laughs> if that makes sense, because they obviously have to insert themselves. So as soon as you say something, oh blah blah blah. Well, you know, I had an aunt, blah blah, or cousin, so and so, and this is what I told them. Okay, first of all, did not ask you, but <laughs> here we are. So, like I said, it's just this natural proclivity to want to insert yourself and just just basically sometimes show what you know or sometimes it is very harmless where you just feel like i want to help this person but sometimes some of the best help is to not give them any help and not enable them let them figure it out for themselves because here's the thing here's the secret sauce to all this stuff nine times out of ten when people are talking about their problems they already know the solution they just don't want to do anything about it except talk about it and hopefully they can trauma bond with you over it and get you to complaining as well so, and that's usually where a lot of times the, the advice you're trying to hand out ends up becoming not advice, but trauma bonding because some way, somehow you'll both end up starting to complain back and forth about all the things that have gone wrong instead of all the things that can go right. So just something to think about right there. So again, 24 hours without inserting yourself into someone's situation, 24 hours without giving your unsolicited advice and 24 hours without giving your solicited advice. Yeah, because so, I mean, there's usually two things that happen in these situations. One, the other person finds it annoying because it's, it's like the analogy we talked about where guy's trying to give advice to a woman at the gym who didn't ask for it. And so now you're interrupting her workout. She has to take her headphones off to see what you're asking about. She didn't ask you for advice. So the whole thing, even if it's good advice, just in the context of that situation, it's going to come off irritating. So whatever the desired effect was, maybe the desired effect was you just wanted to be a cool guy and help someone out. But in this context, it's not going to come off that way. It's just going to come off irritating. So you're better off just not saying anything. Right. And then there's also another point where a lot of people have a, a they have a problem for every solution. You know, that's one of my, that's one of, you know, that is one of my mantras right there. <laughs> you know, that's one of my age old mantras. <laughs> now, now you're actually, you know, you're thinking you're going to give a little bit of quick advice and move on with your day. And, no, and, no, no. and you guess what? And, <laughs> and guess what? This is where you encounter the yeah, buts. <laughs> well, you know, maybe you should blah, blah. Yeah, but <laughs> and then, and then, well, okay. Well then think about it this way. Maybe you should blah, blah. Yeah, but yeah, but 
<laughs> so you have to deal with that too. So, hey man, no good deed. <laughs> you know how that goes. Yeah, really. And then it's, can you go 24 hours without complaining at all? Forget about giving people advice all day long. You know, that's a difficult one right there. You realize, I mean, I did this the other day. I didn't go 24 hours. I just went maybe about six hours. And what I would do is every time I'm about to complain about something, it could be something trivial, such as someone's taking too long to go when the light turns green or right. there's a driver cutting someone off or you're standing in line somewhere and it's taking longer and it's like in your head, you're complaining. And you just jot down each time you complain. You don't actually verbalize it. You just jot it down. The, the list starts becoming really long. Now, the problem with this is, is that it, it's an energy dissipator. So just as we were talking about how a lot of people are going through this no motivation phase. Well, yeah. guess why? A big reason for that is because they've been complaining too much. They've been around people that are complaining too much. All of this complaining, that, now you start bonding over complaining. So now you're attracting more people to be part of this little circle. And the, you, get, you have the illusion that you're doing something productive. That's the most insidious part about group complaining. But unless it leads to some kind of productive action, which it rarely does, because you're getting the payoff just from complaining, that you're going to find that you just feel tired all the time when you're constantly around that energy. That's one of the things I hated about working for other people is I actually had to work with other people. <laughs> right. Your co- and all, mostly all your coworkers, all your coworkers mostly do is just complain about the job, the boss, but yet they keep showing up. <laughs> and then when the bus boss comes around, oh hey, Mister So and So, knowing you were just talking shit about him, <laughs> and just talking about how right. dumb he is and how incompetent he is. <laughs> right, come on. So like yeah. Carol, Carol, my, Carol runs a beauty salon, and she was telling me that she's had employees in the past where they're always offering ideas, like, oh, I have a great idea for your business. Oh, I got a great idea for this. And she'll always say, okay, great. You know, go ahead and run with it. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. They're always, they're always trying to give ideas to her where she's going to have to spend money mm-hmm. to see if it works or not. And it's easy to give ideas when you have nothing to lose. You and have that's, the, to take. that's the key point right there. When they have nothing to lose. <laughs> <laughs> and, the only thing that, and, and guess what? If you actually spend your money and take that idea and, if, and it doesn't work, well, to my, instead of them refunding you the money <laughs> that you wasted, the only thing they're going to offer is like, mm, I told you so. <laughs> You're like, well, oh, couldn't be me. <laughs> so yeah. they're going to offer you the non-responsibility because guess what? I mean, in that case, they're right. It was really not up to them. You didn't have to run with it. So it's always fun. When, like you said, when someone's trying to tell you and give you advice about your business, like, well, I always think like, so how's that working out for your business? I'm like, oh, well, you know, I don't have a business. I work for you. Ah, like, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> There's an episode of two and a half men. Where Charlie was doing that with his yep. brother. He goes, hey, why don't you, why don't you park your car in front of your house? Like, well, right. I, I don't have a house. There it is. <laughs> He's like, why don't you pay your half of the rent? I don't pay for it. There it is. <laughs> so, yeah, man. <laughs> I think it's cool to do these experiments where you just cut out things. Now it could be something such as you love coffee, but maybe you're drinking too much recently and you're not sleeping much. So now you have this adrenal fatigue type state. Hold on. Stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going I'm to stop you right there. <laughs> Let, hold on, I'm going to stop you right there. First of all, here's the thing about addicts. Most thing, most time when it comes to an addict, they don't know they're an addict. Do you understand how self-aware someone has to be when they're like, oh, I'm not sleeping, but they drink coffee. Now, here's the thing. This is what they'll tell you. Well, you're like, well, how much coffee are you drinking? But yeah, but I drank coffee. Wait, that was early this morning. I drank coffee at like, it was like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. And here we are. It's 12, it's 12 hours later. It can't be the coffee. You know, they're not knowing that their body pretty much, you know, has this low tolerance for caffeine. At this point, you know, or their adrenals have already been shot from all the years of coffee buildup they've had over, the, you know, and whatever else. And all the excess coffee they may have been drinking, like I said, throughout all the years or whatever. And their adrenals have been shot on top of the stress and whatever else. So they're not going to even they, in their mind. They're like, nah, it, it can't be the coffee because why they're an addict and they don't want to give that up. So so for someone to self diagnose themselves, the percentage of that happening is very low, Mike. But go ahead. <laughs> I'll, I'll entertain you. Go ahead. Take a week off from something because 
if you can't take a week off from it, then you have uh-huh. an addiction to it. Now, look, everyone knows I'm a recreational marijuana guy. I love having to smoke a little bit in the evening after I've done my day, maybe take an edible, have a good time, especially on staycations or concerts where you're going to be spending the night, I may add. I'm not going to be driving anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Now, sometimes though, if you get into a habit of doing this daily and now it becomes part of your routine and, and less enjoyable, like cutting it out for a week and you realize how dependent you become on this. So I like to forget about cutting it out for a week, cut it out for a month, cut it out for three months, which is what I've been doing right now. I've cut it out for a month. I actually cut out coffee and I'm not even a big coffee drinker. I have one or two cups in the morning, but I go, let me just cut it out for a couple of weeks just to yeah. see what happens. Because my sleep was off and it wasn't because of coffee. I was dealing with some stuff where my sleep was off for a couple of weeks. It was driving me crazy because yeah. I was in this state of insomnia for about a month. So, I mean, I was like, I just couldn't get a good night of sleep. And then I, I won't get into the whole story today, but finally I figured out the solution. So now, now my body's craving so much sleep. Yeah. I'm sleeping eight hours easy. I can keep going. Not because I'm tired, just because it feels so good to sleep. Your body just wants to make up for lost time. Yeah. Because when you're sleep deprived, it's like going into credit card debt. You know, you're paying interest. It's gonna, you're going to have to pay it back with interest. So if you've been sleep deprived for a month, you can't just have one or two good nights of, of sleep and then you're back to normal. It's going to take a while. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's funny that you mentioned that because I've, I've come to appreciate a good night's sleep again. <laughs> you notice that um, I'm not sending you messages at certain times of, of the night on um, Instagram like I used to. <laughs> now I'm, I'm MIA during a certain time block now because I, I'm, I'm done. And I had, to, I had to shift some things. I had to change some things up or whatever because just like you, I think probably the last couple of episodes, a few episodes ago, I was explaining just like, you know, man, just – just I just can't you know sleep for like a certain amount of time. I have to be up, blah blah, and have to be up late. Now I'm like nah nah nah. But also also know that I'm also very seasonal with a lot of things from the things that I eat and even how I sleep. And at the time that we record, it's like anytime we start getting closer to that whole time change thing, it's like my body starts to adjust for that. It starts to adjust for that because it's also just not just because of the actual time change itself, but the way the seasons are changing. In the time that when the sun is going down and, you know, the day is ending a little earlier or whatever. And it's like, I'm very cognizant of that. I pay attention to those things and I start shifting accordingly with that. And again, like I said, when you also eat seasonally like that, you also help your body to digest food at certain times of the year, different, certain types of food, certain times of the year, a lot better because just of that season, you know, so and yeah, man. So I had to change some things. Like I said, that's a whole different episode or whatever. But I can just say, like, right now, like, I, as much as I love naps, like, I'm even at this point now where I don't even, I don't even take as many naps during the day like I used to. It was to the point where I depended because I was trying to make up for that lost time of not sleeping the night before. But at this point now, I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm so busy doing things now. I have this, this energy again. And I actually don't want to take a nap because actually I was like, nah. So even if I feel a little drowsy, like, nah, I'll, I'll deal with that tonight when I actually go to sleep. Cause I feel like even some of the naps were being a little disruptive just by the, the time of day that I was having them or whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't know how we end up getting over well, here. Oh yeah. The edibles. Sometimes I do. I, I've been, I've been, I started doing a lot of interval training at the house. I got my elliptical machine and mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, just, I, I never look forward to doing these workouts, but the way you feel afterwards always yeah. makes it worthwhile. I just feel really good. And when your cardio is really good, your energy is a lot better. You just feel more vibrant. So I, so cardio is really important as you get older. And it doesn't have to be an elliptical machine. There's a million different ways to do cardio. It could be jump roping. Yeah, jump ropes for me. Yeah. Whatever it is. But for me, it's convenient because I've got the machine here at the house. So there's no excuses. I mean, yesterday I was going, I don't know if I, I didn't want to go to the gym. I just didn't want to go to the gym and lift weights. And I have weights at the house. I just didn't want to lift weights, but I wanted to do something active where I can just zone, just dial in and hit it hard for 30 minutes. And that's, what's cool about that. You put some good music on and bam, you just go and it feels good. You get it. You get a profuse sweat. And then afterwards I'm usually wiped out. And when I first, I haven't, I haven't done interval training for a while. I just got it back in maybe three, I think it's been about three weeks now, but before that I had cut it out for a while. I was just lifting weights and I was doing some conditioning, but not as, there's nothing like this conditioning. There's nothing that takes the place of it. Right. So anyway, when I first started doing this again, I was like, man, my cardio sucks right now. I'm just dragging. And that just motivated me to, to be more consistent with this. Let me get three right. sessions in a week, three weeks later, it's pretty much back up to where it was earlier in the year when it was at a, a high level for me. And now that it's back there, I don't want to lose that again. 
So I don't make any excuses. So yesterday I'm going, I don't know if I want to do it. You know what? It's 30 minutes of your life. Go upstairs, hit it hard for 30 minutes, and then you can just kick back for the rest of the day. Like right now, you just want to kick back. So you can still do that, but you're going to feel way better about kicking back when you've exerted yourself. That's the funny thing about relaxation. Relaxation is not that satisfying when you have to earn it. You got to earn it. You got to earn it. You got to earn it. And sometimes something as simple as just a 30 minute hard workout where you just push your body hard. You're in this pool of sweat. You take a nice hot shower. You lie down for a little bit. You feel good. And talking about naps, when I first started doing this again, I had to lie down for 30 minutes. Sometimes it would end up being an hour because I was so wiped out. (laughs) But now I don't have to do that. Like yesterday I hit it hard and I was like, you know what? I'm actually not even that tired right now. I can actually get on with my day. So that, that, that's a good sign that your energy is starting to really come back. Yeah. Your body's not like, what is this fool doing? What is he doing to us? <laughs> like, calm down. So, yeah. It, just, it starts just getting back into that, that routine, that habit again. But the cool thing is, when you've done it so long, it's funny, it's not that far removed. It doesn't take long to get no. back. No, it doesn't. And I think, that's what that, I think that's what throws a lot of people off. They feel like, well, man, I haven't done something so long. It's like, if I try to do it now, it's going to be too hard. Yeah, it's going to be hard in the beginning because you just haven't done it. You know, it's, there's a lot to be said about specificity, okay? You know, and if you haven't been focusing on that, then of course, yeah. But the thing is, but the fact is, it's not new to you. You've done it before. And sometimes when you do it, you're actually surprised that when you think it was going to be that hard, it ends up like, oh, shit, it's like I never left, right. <laughs> you know, so... So like I said, you know, that muscle, that file is in, in your computer. Okay. It's in there. Sometimes you just have to dig a little bit and find what hard drive you have it on and, and pull it from there. Yeah. And the thing about energy is, is that sometimes you have to expend some energy to actually feel energetic. So if you're dragging, you're, you're just going to, if you're like, let me yeah. just rest. And sometimes that's what you should do, but, but if it's been going on for too long, you need to shake yourself out of that. Right. And sometimes what I do is I just, I just take the afternoon off. I go skateboarding for an hour or two. I get some sunshine. I get some fresh air, get a little bit of adrenaline going down some of these hills and all that. And now you're really energized for the rest of the day. Yeah. You got to, you got act like, I remember when Clarence Bass came on the show a long time ago. Now when Clarence is not posting full <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't know you're going with this. You no, know, I had to go there. But Clarence <laughs> is not posting fully new photos of himself. Oh, shit. He, is, he does make some good points. And one of the points he made up, <laughs> was, yeah, one of the points he made that he brought up that was really good is people always state that when you get older, your metabolism slows down. The reality is, is that your metabolism slows down because your activity level has slowed down. Right. And you see this all the time. Like I say about some of these people at the dog park, they drive to this park, they walk about 50 yards, and then they go home. (laughs) Meanwhile, I walk four miles when I'm out there. Sometimes I'll, usually I go a little later, so I don't have to walk with them. But sometimes I do walk with, because they walk like at a tight sheep pace. You know, I like to keep it moving. (laughs) I've been, You ever, you ever watch a glacier move? That's about- <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of my friends in the neighborhood calls them the glacier crew. Like, look, I can walk this slow if I wanted to. I'm, I'm laughing because I'm just thinking about like my, my parents-in-law's neighbors, you know, they're Asian and I love it because I, I, cause they, they are big on walking meditations, which I'm big on them too. So I'm just yeah. imagining because I know what I do when I do a walking meditation. It's very slow and concentrated. I'm pretty much almost heel toe. You know, you're, you know, you got, right. you're clasping your hands behind your back and you know, you're just kind of really focused. You're looking at about a 45 degree angle, <laughs> you know, but so I'm just imagining a whole group of whole group of y'all at the park doing this with dogs and I'm just, i know the dogs are like what the hell is going on here? yeah so so yeah man off leash running 50 yards in front of them exactly <laughs> but rain rain is an energetic dog so i'm going we, we got to get past this group so we can keep moving and then get around the corner and i can let her off and have some fun right. and then i want to get some extra activity and you know i probably walk I don't know, 20 miles, no, 21 miles a week, more than that, probably. Yeah, about 21 miles a week. It's about three miles every day with her. Yeah. And I don't, I don't look at that as my workout routine. That's just no. bonus activity. Right. You can never, you can't overtrain walking. I mean, no. unless you're going to walk 100 miles every day and who has time to do No one has time to do that, obviously. Unless <laughs> you're, you're trying to raise funds for some share. Well, well, this is not a 90s song, man. <laughs> <laughs> that 90s yeah. song just came to my head. I would walk 100 miles. <laughs> Yeah, me. <laughs> Come on, now that, that should be an episode of some of the worst songs ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. We need to do another episode. Actually, what we should do with with songs is we should do an episode five of our favorite songs, 
and then just it could be five of our favorite songs period or right. five of our favorite songs for motivating us to train like the five oh songs. yeah i think that would be a cool one like my, or my favorite my five favorite songs that you listen to while i'm in traffic to keep me from taking people out <laughs> when they're doing dumb shit on <laughs> the road be a multi-series <laughs> yeah, exactly a little mini series where we just go into different contacts traffic makes my serious satellite subscription worth it okay <laughs> so big time man it gets me through some stuff so yeah we definitely have that episode especially you know as we're coming to this end of the year beginning of the year episode yeah so. but i bet i bet i'm telling you you got to give a little bit of energy one thing i started mm-hmm. doing recently is i just walk around the block with Raina, and then when i get up in the morning not necessarily first thing in the morning but yeah. within an hour i go look let's get outside let's get some fresh air let's move around a little bit and of course you start coming up with some good ideas as well to be productive. oh yeah that's the other thing that's <clears throat> yeah I mean, the best ideas I come up with are when I'm going for long walks. I have some problem with my business. I go, okay, what's going on here? I need to come up mm-hmm. with a solution. It's not going to come with me sitting on the couch looking. No. At it's going to come when I go get away from it. Yeah, you can't really do it when you're sitting within the problem. Okay, so if you work from home and you're trying to come up with an issue or deal with some things you know, with your home-based business, a lot of times sitting in the mix of that, that of those, those problems is not going to help you, you know, because you're going to pretty much be going over the same things over and over in your head. Sometimes you have to step outside of the issues. You know, you gotta, you gotta come with that fresh mind, a fresh, fresh vision, like I said, and just like get away from it all because there's going to be something to distract you. And there's going to be some type of familiarity that's going to happen while you're trying to come up with something new, but you're going to see something that's familiar and it's going to really distract. It's going to get you off course. And you're like, well, this has been working. So blah, 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 blah. Why not just do that? Well, okay. No, we need something new here. So, so that's why it really helps. And who knows when you're out walking, who knows what will inspire you while you're out there? Yeah. You, you might be some things that things you never thought about with your business. Like, oh, you know what? You just happen to see something with your neighbor across the street. It's like, you know what? That just reminded me of something. I just thought about something. Maybe <laughs> right. I need to add that to my business or whatever. Or maybe it's the, here's a new business I can, you know, start looking into or a new investment or some things like that, because you wouldn't have seen these things. If you just sat inside your house for the most no, part. Yeah. And sometimes when you're burned out with training, you're in this under recovered state. You're, you don't, you're not motivated to lift weights or do any kind of intense training. What you do is you take a week off, but you don't take a week off and sit around and do nothing. You do what I like to call escape from the gym. So now what we're right. going to do, we're going to take a week off and Monday, we're going to go to Red Rock and go hiking all day. Wednesday, we'll go to Lake Mead and hike around there. The Thursday, let's go skateboarding. I say we because Raina and I go do all this stuff. And what happens is, is that your body just gets totally rejuvenated by the end of that week. You're still being active, but you're moving your body in a different way. And then there's something to be said about just exposing yourself to natural environments and just enjoying scenery because so many people are so addicted to their phone. Like I always talk about this guy in my neighborhood who's this guy, we live in Seven Hills. It's a nice area to walk around, especially when he gets close to sunset. It's a beautiful place to walk around. Yep. Here's this guy glued to his phone with headphones on the whole time. Hmm. Now, you have, I have to imagine that that's what he's doing when he's inside his house. He's just looking at a screen. I really doubt he waits until he goes for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's screen time. Let's get outside. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Inside the house, he's sitting in his backyard meditating. But once he walks out the door, it's time to look at your screen. But you're you're so addicted to technology that you can't even enjoy this view. And sometimes I don't even want people walking with me because I don't want to have to talk to them. I want to have some peaceful, peace and quiet, enjoy this view. (laughs) Thus, the topic of today's episode, which brings it back full circle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Can you go for a walk without someone else? Because some, so many people are so addicted to stimuli from other people. Like they have to have someone around. Now, these people are never entrepreneurs because mm. if you're an entrepreneur, you have to, you don't come up with really good ideas when you're always around people. Well, this is a lot of time. This is that, that's that corporate thing. These are the people that love, these are the people that are always in meetings. <laughs> well, mm. let's talk about some. Oh, well, okay. Let's schedule a meeting. Why? We're talking about it right now. Why do we have to schedule a meeting? Why can't you just take the notes of what I'm talking about right now and run with it? No, let's just schedule a meeting. Let's let's bring everybody else on board with this. Like crap, man. It's just like I meetings are so dumb. They're so stupid. They're so dumb, and they're really nine times out of ten they're very counterproductive. It's just you see the jerk fest. 
Or if you do come up with great ideas, guess what? They're not when the meeting's over. They're not going to be your great ideas anymore. <laughs> your manager is going to take those ideas and make them their own. Those those ideas that come up with the meetings, they're never actually executed. Right? No, no, no one ever puts any of that stuff into action. It is whiteboard bullshit. Is what yeah, it that is. is, that is <laughs> part. I remember I used to do a lot of. I used to put on these big seminar events, and mm-hmm. you you came to some of them, and you actually taught at some of them. Yeah. So I did a bunch in the U.S., and then I did a bunch overseas. Worked with different people. We never had to do a meeting, though. We would go back and forth with, you know, <laughs> no. okay, what are you going to teach? Here's what I'm going to teach. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to do. And we would just organize it through emails. We didn't have to get on a Skype call and talk about that for an hour. We and the did- only reason, and the only reason why it's like I'm, so I, I would submit like what I'm, you know, what I'm going to do or whatever, is so you can have it for the copy to put on the website, right? <laughs> you know, but it's not like okay, let me clear the, clear this through me, clear this through me. What are you going to do? Yeah, I don't know about that. Da, 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 you know, let's vote on it. <laughs> All <laughs> the other stuff. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, yeah, man, it's like what is the point? Then this is this is before a fucking Zoom era. You know, we didn't even have to go through all this. Like, here's the email. Okay, I just sent you an email with what I'm going to be covering. Cool. Perfect. Right. All right, I'll put it on the website. We're well, done. The, the best meetings are one which are not even planned or intentional meetings, such as Tim Larkin and I like to get together for lunch. Every few months we get together somewhere. Yeah. And it's not like we have an itinerary of ideas that we're going to talk about. We just get together and hang out. And But it always ends up being a good exchange of ideas. He'll talk about what's going on with his business. I'll talk about what's going on in mine. He, he always gives me great ideas. I always pick up something new from him. He gets a lot of benefit from what I have to say. So it's this nice mutual exchange, but there's nothing contrived about it. It's just an organic conversation. When you're talking to the right people, you don't have to have this itinerary of ideas to discuss. You're going to come up with, you're going to have a good exchange of ideas right off the bat. Organically. It's just going to come up organically. It's not this whole, let me go with Mike so I can pick his brain. (laughs) Like, look, zombie, you ain't picking nothing here. Okay. (laughs) Take your fear of the walking dead ass on with that brain picking madness, man. I'm not trying to. You're not going to pick my brain. (laughs) (laughs) I pick my nose. There's not going to be any picking going on here. You touch me. They may be picking you up off the floor, but you know, (laughs) I hate whenever, whenever someone says they want to pick my brain about something, I don't even respond. Everything shuts off. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just that you, phrase just that phrase alone hey man i want to put i just want to pick your brain for a little bit like first of all you don't know me like that <laughs> <laughs> no keep your hands to yourself buddy so yeah get, just beat it with that just, in fact anyone listening don't do that don't even be that person anyone is like a listener a fan of this show let's just be the bigger people we're not the brain pickers out there we will never tell anyone we're going to pick their brain and we want to pick their brains let's not do that lla audience we don't do that Let's be for, let's just be the leaders in that. Like, nope. So when someone comes to you and say, "Hey, I want to figure, hey man, I am a LLA listener, and we don't do that here." <laughs> so. uh, I think I think these fasting experiments are ones that are really useful. So it, whether it's cutting out coffee for a week or you don't eat for one day, just you just wake up and you see. Ooh, you now that one right there, that, that, that's the, that's the test right there because people love to talk about fasting, and so they like like again, I like I said, they like to talk about it. So, and people, people love to inquire about, well, Hey man, what do you think about intermittent fasting? I'm like, it's funny that you actually have to give it a name. I just do that naturally because I just like to give my stomach a break to digest food. And I'm actually, I have stuff to do. So my life is not built around what am I eating next? (laughs) You know, I'm at that point. Sometimes I'm like, Oh, you didn't eat yet. You you might want to eat. So sometimes, you know, it, it helps to kind of get into that point where eating is almost an inconvenience. It's by today's standards, you kind of want to get there because eating is so convenient now that that's a problem. It's too convenient. So why not push to try to make eating an inconvenience? Because there are some people in the world that they're li- that's their everyday life. You know, not that they choose for eating to be an inconvenience. No, poverty is the inconvenience for them. So every now and then, people in Kenya, the average person, you're walking miles a day to work, just and to get water, physically demanding. And then you have a bowl of ugali, which is this yes. cornmeal delicacy out there. Most days, that's what you're eating. Every once in a while, you may have some animal protein or you may have some eggs or something. But for the most part, that's a luxury. You like that, cassava or something like that. You know, it's just like, that's what you're eating most of the time. Or, you know, bananas, you know, like. I'll tell you what you do see over there. You don't see anyone who's overweight. Not one person. Only no, in the no. city do you see that. In the yeah, rural my, areas, you don't see anyone that's overweight. If that you're overweight, to my, 
tell, tell, me, tell me how tell me how financially well off you are without telling me how financially well off you are. Well, if you're fat in Africa, that tells me everything I need to know. Okay. So yeah. straight up, I'm like, yep, he's paid. <laughs> so their, their, their ratio between activity and calories consumed, man, is, man, their activity level is at a, probably 10 times higher <laughs> than yeah. what they consume, probably 20 times higher. It's yeah. just ridiculously higher. Exactly. And they do okay. You know, so yeah. just, they're still you. smiling. They're energetic. I mean, well, you don't need to eat as much as you think you do. That's no. the, a lot of people are concerned about getting in enough calories. I go, that's the least of your worries. Now, most people, is, they're, they're over-consuming, especially people that are sedentary that worry about protein intake. I go, look, it's, protein intake is only important when you're really pushing your body hard. And even then, it's not as important as you think it is. But for those of you that are sedentary, it's not important at all. <laughs> what you protein intake and, and you know, getting six meals a day. I'm like, why are you getting six meals a day when you've done nothing today? So <laughs> what have you done to earn those, those four extra meals? <laughs> okay. I mean, the real problem, as we all know, is that if you're not happy with your day, you have to find things to look forward to. So now you start looking forward to those feedings. That's why yeah. people who work in a corporate setting, I mean, those, the lunch, lunch break. break. Yeah. Lunch. Yeah. The lunch can't break. Wait for that lunch break well guess what you know why because you were trained that way since you were a kid so school was so boring <laughs> and, and, and first of all it started so early in the day your brain wasn't ready to take in that boring information so you've already been deprived you've been up since like about 5 30 or 6 o'clock in the morning just for the whole process of getting to school that's why working a corporate job is not that far-fetched to sit there and get up hours at a time and then sit in traffic for a few hours to finally get to that job is no different than getting up at five 30 in the morning, getting ready for school, catching the bus or whatever else. And then, you know, that whole process may take about an hour. Then when you get to school, by the time you get to school, school hasn't really started. So you're sitting there kind of idle. So some may actually eat that crap that was called breakfast at school. Otherwise you're sitting in the cafeteria, you're waiting because you can't even go in the classroom. So Maybe you try to make good use of your time by trying to study or, you know, finish up some work. Then school finally starts at like eight o'clock. And now you've been up for like two or three hours. And so you're malnourished. But now you have these people that are demanding that you use your brain at full capacity to take in this information and remember it, memorize it so you can regurgitate it on a test. Not that you're actually going to reply, you know, apply any of this information in real life. And if you could, by the time, by the time you get to a certain age, it's not going, it's not even going to be useful. So you go through this process of guess what? This goes on for another two or three hours and you're starving and you can't wait for lunchtime because a, you finally got out of that prison called a classroom. You know, a lot, a lot of times, especially today, most of those classrooms don't even have windows anymore. So you don't even get to see what outside looks like. You don't get to see any sunshine or anything. You're pretty much like being inside of a prison. And so just like a prison, what, what happens with a prison? They're locked. Most of them are locked down. 23 hours a day and they get one hour of outside time. Okay. So that is the equivalent of your lunch break in school, you know, because you're out of your prison cell, which is the classroom and you get to go and you got to wolf down this food, try to be a, spend as much time with your friends as you can. And so you can speak freely because you're not being told to be quiet. Like you, like in the classroom or whatever. But the thing is, and what sucks about that lunchtime, it only lasts maybe 30 minutes, you know, and then you got to go because the next round of prisoners, I mean, students are coming in to get their lunch. Well, guess what? So now you've been doing this for 13 years. So it's only, and then it's only natural. So yeah, you try to, you got about four or five years of college where you don't necessarily do it that way. But when you finally can do it on your own free time, you screw it up because <laughs> you only have like a couple classes a day. So what are you doing in between that time? You're sitting in your dorm room and you're snacking. You, you got all these little, you know, these, these, little care packages that you get from home or whatever and you just wolfing down stuff you got access to all this food because you got like the, the meal plan so now you, it's almost like you're already treating your, training yourself how to eat at a buffet so that happens and then all of a sudden you got the freshman 15 well yeah. it's probably it's 25 just, yeah, these days 25. <laughs> yeah when we started adding on inflation to my by inflation standards now the freshman 25 so then you've got that so now you've trained yourself to put these two worlds together now 13 years of starving just for a lunch break and then four to five years of overdoing it while you, when you do have a chance to eat. You merge them together as an adult that's out of school and you got a job and that's what you do. Now you live for the lunch break at work with your little lunch friends and you over, over consume a bunch of crap during that one hour that you have off. And then you go back to work and all you want to do is take a nap. 
and you're struggling for another four hours just for the day to be over. Then guess what you do? You get in traffic, you get home and you start the process all over again, but at home, because now you live in that college life at home where you have access to all the food you want. You've got all the time you have until you fall asleep. And then you repeat the process. The next thing you know, two, 100 to 200 pounds later, you're wondering what, what did I do to my life? <laughs> so there it is. It's been going on since you were five years old, man. You've been programmed to do this, if, especially when you're not conscious of it, when it's become so routine, become a part of your lifestyle that it's really easy to get swept up into well, that's this. That's what's good about the breaks. It makes you conscious of your habits and your yes. behaviors. So if, you are, if you're someone who starts every day with several cups of coffee, that, now that has become routine to the point where you're not even thinking about it anymore. It's like waking up and brushing your teeth. You just right. keep moving. You cut it out for a week. You start realizing, wait a minute, maybe I've been doing too much, or maybe it's having this counterproductive effect. Whatever it is, it could be something. Maybe you have a couple of drinks of alcohol every night, and you you don't think you think, ah, oh, no big thing. And then you cut it out for a week, and you realize, wait a minute, my sleep is way better now. I'm way more yeah. energetic. I'm way more motivated. So that's why it's good to do these little experiments because it's easy to get stuck stuck in a rut. Your body adapts to the new feeling. Mm-hmm. You 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 forget how you used to feel. And now you, you can't make the connection. It's just like with testosterone levels going down with men as it goes down slowly. I mean, nowadays it can go down rapidly because of so many things out there, environmental pollutants, yeah. addiction to technology, poor sleep, terrible diet. It can go down rapidly. But it used to be that it would go down gradually to the point where you just adapt to each decline to the point where you get to over the course of 10, 20 years. Now it's accumulated to be a dramatic decline but it happens so gradually that you've adapted to it. Yeah. And you forget how you used to feel. Yeah. So that's, that's the danger there. It's a, it is that one, there's that one gift of the body that can also be a curse, that adaptability, right. <laughs> you know? So that's, that sometimes that evolution is the evolution. In relationships, sometimes you start off, you have a lot of fun. You're going to concerts, you're going out to dinner, you're going on vacations, you're doing a lot of fun things together. Mm-hmm. You're spending a lot of quality time. you and then all of a sudden it's a little bit less and then yeah. even a little bit more or less and then a little bit less than that. And then you're like, wait a minute, what happened? You know, this, this used to be an exciting relationship. Yeah, but like, How do we get here? It's like, yeah, it's just been, it didn't happen up for most people. It didn't happen overnight. Even people that cheat, you didn't, you didn't desire to be with someone else overnight. There's, right. there's been a need that you have been lacking for a long time and you just never admitted it or you just really didn't see it or you chose, like I said, you chose to ignore it. So, because oh, you think like, nah, it can't be that because I love them and there's no way I would feel this way. Or you actually beat yourself up when you start feeling that way. Right. And then one thing about guilt, <laughs> once you're a fire way to actually push you to doing things you didn't think you would do is to feel guilty. <laughs> you know, it's just that natural human thing. So next thing you know, you're feeling guilty about the way you're feeling and then you act out on that and you've done some things. You're like, oh crap, what did I just do? Well, you didn't just do it. You've actually been working your way up to this. You put in, you, these feelings you have, you've been putting in deposits of this feeling into this account and it's been building up with interest. And now you just cashed out. Yeah. I mean, first you started going to the lunch buffets at the strip club. <laughs> that was a red flag right there. <laughs> that's, okay. that's not, because it's, that's, it's like Chris Rock said, if it's daylight out and you're at the strip club. <laughs> so let's, yeah, let's not even talk about, let's not even talk about the strip club steaks. Okay. The fact that you are going to a strip club in the middle of the day. Okay. So that's right up there with day drinking. <laughs> you gotta ask yourself like, why do you look forward to day drinking on a Tuesday? The week just started. Why do you feel like it's just like, man, I need a drink, dude. The week just started. Okay. You just, you just had your weekend that you look forward to. Yeah. But man, they need to extend weekends. <laughs> like, no, you need to shorten this crap of a life you have and, and get something more exciting going on. But yeah, now you simply like, Hey man, let's meet at the lunch buffet at, at the gentleman's club. You know, we can meet at 11 o'clock, 11 o'clock. Hold on, man. You still got Captain Crunch on your breath and you still, you already think about a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I take the Dave Chappelle approach. I was like, "You mean there's a building where their women take their clothes off? I need to go investigate that." <laughs> <laughs> so, first of all, just just the fact that the fact that there's a need that a woman can like just say, "Hey, I can go be naked at eleven o'clock and get paid for it." <laughs> you know, it's like there's a there's a place where there's a job requirement to do that that early in the morning. You know, most people are just getting dressed around that time. It's like you're getting undressed. You know, it's just like this place is this place is sounding better and better. 
that's the more we talk about it. It's like there's a place at 11 a.m. where women are getting dressed. I need to see this place. <laughs> oh. Dave Chappelle is like, yeah, you go to the script, but like, take your hat off. It's disrespectful. <laughs> it's disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> Putting a twenty dollar bill in her jeans. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> No, but deterioration is always very gradual. That's why it's important to do stuff where you just shake it up. You don't let things get routine. And I'm pretty good at that, honestly. I'm pretty good at planning fun stuff to go do. So that it's like, let's go do a staycation. Let's go to have a nice meal here. Let's go to this concert. Let's go to a comedy show. And the whole point of these things is just to have fun with your significant other, but also just break the routine because routines can become... Oh, normalized so fast that all of a sudden years go by and you haven't done anything. I mean, we, we saw Dune, of course, in the theater a couple mm-hmm. last week. And then yeah, we actually saw another movie, The Last Duel on Halloween, so we could avoid giving out candy to the kids <laughs> in the neighborhood. Hey, man, the, the secret is to keep your lights turned off. Oh, we do that anyway. <laughs> yeah, we do that anyway. I didn't want them to knock on the door and bother the dog, so I did that anyway. But... The thing is, is that sometimes I tell people that they're like, oh, man, I haven't been to a movie theater in eight years. So I go, I haven't been to a concert in eight years. And well, what are you doing then? You know, you're sitting around watching TV every day. Yeah, because well, now everybody's subscribed to every every subscription service now. They don't have to. Like, I got Netflix. I have Hulu. I have HBO Max. It's like, what's the point of going to the theater? Uh, well, to get out of your house. Hey, I don't need to go to a concert. I can just, there's all these concerts on YouTube. I go, you really think it's the same? <laughs> I was like, have you ever been to a concert before? <laughs> it's, it's not the same, okay? No, man. Not even in the same ballpark. Like, like seriously, like, for someone to bring that up, like, I can watch it on YouTube. Like, do you hear yourself right now? Like, oh, yeah, I can just play the music on my phone. I go, look, it, it, the fact that I even have to explain the difference to you. Like, You're a lost cause. No, it's like going back to your whole thing of trying to offer yep. advice or solutions that you just don't even say anything at that point. You're like, okay, yeah, you can do that. Who cares what you do? I'm, I'm talking about what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't agree with it. That's not going to change what I'm Because otherwise, doing. if I'm trying to suggest, I'm like, then I have to stop and ask myself, are you adhering to your own rules? Rule number one, are you minding your own business? Nope. Then are you being a dick? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Refer well, back to number I'll, one. I'll tell you a place where I never give advice to anyone, and I definitely mind my own business, and the that's gym? the blackjack table. Yeah. Oh, the blackjack, blackjack table. Jack table. Because I go play blackjack for its mental exercise. That's the way I look at it. I'm not yeah. going there trying to make money, like supplement my income. You're yeah. not, not going to make enough to even bother. It's not even worth doing. But I like to go because it's mental exercise, keeping track of cards, keeping track of what to do here. There's all these different distractions going on around you, and you're focused on what you're doing. But one thing I never do is no matter how badly people are playing, because it doesn't affect my performance. This is not, it's it's, someone next to me doing the wrong move is not going to necessarily have an impact on whether I win or not. Some people, they have a misconception about blackjack. It thinks like all five of us at the table need to be doing the right thing. Otherwise we're all going to get burned. It just doesn't work that way. It doesn't really matter at all. So why do I care what they're doing? So it doesn't matter how dumb a, a move someone's making. It doesn't even, I don't even get flustered seeing it. I could care less. I'm just thinking about what I'm going to be doing. And that's an environment where it's crucial that you stick to that. Yeah. Because the last thing you want to do is add distractions in an environment where there's already so many distractions. But it's mental exercise and it's a break from the routine. That's why I like doing it. And that's the cool thing about living in Las Vegas is it could be a Tuesday night could be 11 o'clock and you're going, okay, kind of amped up right now. I want to do something. You just get in the car, you go to a local casino, you're there in 15 minutes, play for a couple hours, come home. So that's one of the things I like about this town. It allows some spontaneity. Yeah. It's one thing I like, and it can be very dangerous too. <laughs> that's the other thing. Some people should never go. <laughs> <You know>? Right. <laughs> If you're if you have a predilection for bad habits, this is not the town to live. In. <laughs> right. Every single one of those bad habits is fed in spades. You know, <laughs> I mean, Las Vegas is a town where you could take your entire life savings and go lose it that night. Yeah, and, and you can wake up the next day like, what the fuck did I just do? Like, oh, you didn't just do that. You were in that casino for twelve hours, buddy. That wasn't a just do. You just you did a lot. <laughs> just in a short amount of time. Like, it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't like someone hacked into your your bank account and then wiped it clean, or somebody got into your crypto wallet and, and took off everything. Like, no, that that's 
something that just happened. No, you put in some work and it just, it just happened to be in a short amount of time. Right. <laughs> but 12 hours can seem like forever when you look back like, oh my God, I just lost the house and the car. <laughs> and, uh, somebody, excuse me, buddy. And your marriage. Oh yeah. And my marriage. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, all in a weekend. And the week didn't even, the weekend's not even over. You still have two more days left in Vegas. <laughs> so. Yeah. You, you still have time to lose more. Exactly. <laughs> because you're going to sit there and chase. You're going to try to get that money. I got to get that money back. That money's gone, buddy. You never want to chase. <laughs> Let it go. Well, there's this movie that I watched the other day and it's, I think it's called The Hard Eight. This is a gambling movie. And this one guy goes, what were you doing in Las Vegas? He goes, I was playing blackjack. He goes, were you counting cards? And he goes, huh, what, what's that? He goes, in my experience, if you're not counting cards, you're losing. <laughs> you know, that's exactly right. Hell, right. even when you are counting cards, you're losing a good percentage. <laughs> right. Winning enough at the time that you can get ahead. Now, I'm not recommending anyone try to make a living doing this. That would be a terrible way to make a living. I mean, some people have figured it out, but it's not any fun when you're now trying to make this, trying to make a living doing this. You got to be in casinos all the time. That's, that's just not horrible to me. You know, every once in a while for fun, you go play it. Like I said, it's good for mental training, but it requires a certain level of discipline because you can get that dopamine rush and now you start chasing your losses. So you have to have a, a discipline of this is my cutoff point. If I lose this amount, I'm out the door. If I win this amount, I'm out the door. And then it's all fine and good. Hey, man, that translates to so many things, man. Even in the world of investing, there's some people that will hold on to a stock or an option or crypto, whatever. To the, I'm, I'm going to hold on to the very, I got diamond hands. I'm holding on, I'm holding on. Instead of sometimes when things are not, when you really understand what you're invested in and you see it's not going anywhere, like here's the thing. Some of the, a lot of the top hedge fund managers and billionaires that, that are out there, they know when to get out. So they, and they already have not at that point where it's happening, but they already went in with a plan before they even made an entry into that, to whatever that is they're investing in. They're like, okay, I'm going to enter in at this price. And if it gets down to this price, I'm going to get out. And then I'll just reevaluate my conviction and where I want to, what I want to do. So, but a lot of people is like, no, 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 because they become emotionally attached to it, to this thing. And it's like, no, nah, I'm not going to get it. I'm, I'm going to stick with it. I'm stick with it. It's just like, no. First of all, what, don't get emotionally attached to any of these things. You know, it's just like cut the emotions out because emotions is what gets people in a lot of freaking trouble. So you got to tell you. And also, like I said, go in with a plan. To my, even like you said about blackjack, you know, those are things like, oh, man, I'm just, I got this much money spent. I'm going to go in and just have some fun at the blackjack table. Okay. You say you got a hundred bucks. Okay. So let's just say you got a hundred bucks. And then next thing you know, you're up like, $300. Okay. My thing is for me, first of all, okay, well, I got my money back and it's all house money at this point. So when you start losing and then next thing you know, you're down, you shouldn't, I don't think you should be getting down to the, like, okay, now I'm down to a hundred bucks and thinking that you're going to play one more hand. Nope. <laughs> now we're back down to my money and it's time for me to go <laughs> at that point. It's like, okay, I gave them all their money back. That's how I look at it. And the same thing goes with stocks crypto, whatever else, like you want to get to the point where you're playing with house money. And then therefore, Hey, if it goes down to zero, no, no sweat off your back. You got your money. That's, that's to me what matters. So rule number one, when it comes to any of this stuff, don't lose money. And when I say lose money, don't lose your money. <laughs> Losing somebody else's money. It's not exactly yours. It's not yours. You cash out and walk out of there. You know, well, I think it's similar to a story you posted in, in your stories on Instagram where it stated, Wealthy people use interest to buy luxury items. Exactly. Luxury exactly. Items. Yep. And that's the key right there. If you're never touching the principal, you're only using the interest for mm -hmm. purchases. So basically, whatever you invested in, it's buying oh. it for you. You're not buying it. It's buying it for you. You know, so that's, that's how you make your money work for you, you know? Yeah. Making money is really making money and making money on your own terms, especially mm -hmm. that's really a game. It's a game. That and that's the thing, man, when you said about the whole thing about like blackjack, you know, and you know, just going there, like, now you're not going there to try to make a living off of it. You know, it just reminds me also just like being in the stock market, or whatever else, like, man, if you truly mentally put together, this is all a game. It is such a game. And that's what, that's where the fun is. I'm not sitting here trying to, go into and invest so I can get money so I can buy my next house or I can make sure that I can buy my next business. It's like, no, 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 no. It's like, I want to go in and make this, I want to make the money grow and, and work for me. And then like I said, now when it starts giving me extra, here's some extra for you, you know, just for your discipline. 
and your patience, you know, so go ahead, reward yourself because you didn't, you didn't take out the actual investment that you need to have in order for it to actually create some generational wealth. You did the responsible thing. And when you do responsible things, why not get rewarded for it? Same thing. Like take something as simple as a credit card, get one that gives you cash back rewards, use that and only use that card for your business, pay it off before it's time for it to be due. And then guess what? Then when you get back those cash back rewards or whatever else, a first use it first to pay, pay back on the credit card. So use their money to pay your bill. It's kind of like real estate. It's like, don't buy a bunch of real estate and, and basically make you know liabilities out of it. My thing is get to the point where you have enough properties where you're not paying a mortgage ever. Someone else have someone else pay that mortgage for you. Yes, Robert Kiyosaki 101, but still it needs to be said because sometimes just that concept just really blows past people because you know we're all trained to think work hard, buy this, buy that, and that's the American dream. Yeah, it's the dream of the American government to keep you in debt. You know, and all the corporations that that sponsor these these government officials, that's their American dream. That's a nightmare for you, though, because you're going to spend your whole life in debtor's prison for the most part. And it's one and the trick- whole concept of work hard. That's a, that's a very dangerous one that people that's a very dangerous trap that people fall into, because I see a lot of people working really hard, but they're not making a lot of money. They're right. working really hard and they're barely getting by. It's not for lack of hard work, though. It's not for lack right. of work and effort. So hard work is not enough. Is the point. Efficient work. You efficient. Have, yeah, yeah, the smarter you get about how you make money, the less hard work you need to apply. It reminds me of what George St. Pierre said one time. He goes, the better his technique is, the less his conditioning matters because right. he's not wasting energy now. So if he has perfect takedown technique, he's more likely to succeed. And then he doesn't have to keep trying to do it to get right. the desired end. So his conditioning, of course, conditioning is important. But his point is, is that it doesn't matter as much the more precise you are with your efforts. And right. I always remember that. That's burned into my memory. I don't, I don't even remember where I heard it. I don't know if it was in some interview or I read it somewhere. But I, it was such a very well thought out point that can be applied to so many areas. The better your technique is with strength training, the faster your progress is going to make. You know, I see people working out hard, but they don't have a plan. They don't have a plan of where they're trying, where they're going. So they're just spinning their wheels. Well, because they're always, they've heard go hard, go hard to go home, go hard to go yeah, home. Right, right, exactly. When you tell people, I mean, I was talking to a guy the other day who interviewed me and he said, and I talked to him about like, look, you should leave energetic after a workout. You leave a few reps in the bank, something that Pavel propagated for, that was the most important thing that he did propagate is leave a couple reps in the bank. Don't go to failure. Don't wipe yourself out at most of your workout. <clears throat> Once in a while you push it. And that's, that's such a form. People get so incredulous when you bring that up because they, it, it just sounds. How dare you break the rules of, of training by saying that? So here's my thing. Even when they say like, go hard or go home, I said, no, go efficient. <laughs> no, go efficiently and you can go what the fuck you want. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there's my, there's my rule right there. Go home. Well, that's also why most people don't go to the gym because they <laughs> that's why they go home and never come back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> This one comedian, he goes, you know, I, I, this trainer put me through this really hard workout, and he goes, and he goes, I didn't see any difference. I mean, I thought I would see at least like a little bit of an ab popping out. And then, he's like, and then he told me I got to come back and do it again. Oh yeah, I saw do that again. Yeah. Uh, like I got to do it again. I haven't even seen any benefit from the first one. But you don't want to make it such a miserable experience that you never want to do it. You know, that's a bad sign right there, especially if you right. want to sustain this for your entire life. If every time you're going to the gym, you're going, oh, man, I got to go do that today or, or your home gym or wherever it is you work out, it, that, that shouldn't be how you feel most of the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're not going to it becomes a battle of attrition and every battle of attrition ends the same way with you losing. And another problem with that is the fact that you're, you're not even you're not approaching this with the end game in mind either. So my thing is, if you, you see the end game and you work your way back from that, then you're not as discouraged from going and actually doing that training. But if you're just so focused on how's it going to make you feel right then and there, or how are you going to feel, you know, as soon as you finish working, I was like, or, or better yet, not even how you're going to feel. Uh, am I going to get that ab after today's workout? You're, you're already focused on the wrong things. Just like someone goes in the business thinking about, yeah, I wonder how quick I'm going to be able to get to six figures this year. Dude, this is your first business in a very <laughs> crowded market. Are you yeah. serious right now? You'll be happy if you can actually get some digits with the number six in it. Okay, not talking about six digits, you know, be happy if you even get six dollars just to, in profit just to get started, you know, because that'll motivate you because you're like, oh, 
I actually, this week came out $6 above water. Okay. Then, okay. How did I get there? And then you start working and working, working. Then you start figuring out how to be more efficient and make that work out. But if you sit there automatically start thinking like, because you've heard it a million times in the whole internet marketing game, make your first six figures and blah, 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 blah. First of all, to run from that kind of crap, because those people have probably have never had a business outside of marketing where they made six figures in one year. They're making six figures in one year because of people like you buying their programs. Okay. I'm trying to tell you how to make, have a six figure business. Well, unless it's a six figure marketing business, then what can they, what can they even offer? We were just talking about like people oh, yeah. that we knew from the fitness industry. They're always trying to sell these six figure programs, you know, in the fitness business, but they never had one, you know, no, they had a six figure fitness marketing business, but they never actually had a six figure fitness. Well, business. Scott Shetler and he and I talked about this and he said that he never bought into any of those programs because of the reasons you bring up because these are people that have never run a gym like he has. He goes, look, I run a gym. I actually run a gym out here. And these are people that are making money on ideas that may or may not work. They don't even know because they never they haven't tested it. Yeah. Yeah. They never, it's just the people buying into it. Don't know either because they haven't taken any time to learn marketing. He goes, but, but you're really going to learn when you're actually in the field. It's not to say that you can't learn something from reading a book on marketing or, oh, yeah. ad copy or any of that stuff. That's useful too. But you, you, know, you don't you're really still gonna, what, you're still going to put in the work. You, yeah. You don't know what works until you're actually in the field applying it. That's all. Because here's the thing about that. Those guys, they're selling you these cookie cutter marketing plans. It's no different than these diet books and training books selling you these cookie cutter programs because they don't know you. They don't know your audience. They don't, they don't know your city. They, they don't know your background. They have to be as general as possible so they can sell as many copies as possible. If they start trying to get too specific, then it's really going to cut down on their sales. And then what's the point? Because they're probably not going to be six digit earners in that field. If they sit there and be very specific, otherwise they're going to have to find just a few clients that they can charge six figures to give them that type of advice. But the only way they're going to get there, they got to get a whole bunch of guppies to turn them into a whale, meaning they got to get a whole bunch of little people who don't know any better to buy the, the smaller programs or whatever and, and accumulate over time to build their accounts. And then they can say, look at the success story. I had this many clients and blah, blah. They don't say exactly how many really were successful. They may take two or three, but nine times out of 10, those two or three people that were very successful would have been successful without that person's program anyway, because this person dialed it in and they realized, Hey man, do the thing that works for you where you are, not this program. You might find some, some ideas here and there, but then you still had to cater them to where you were, you, you know, otherwise it's been very generic and that's what you're going to get as far as results, very generic results. And nothing's more generic than no results at all. <laughs> so yeah, you can you can get that without paying for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's easy not to get results. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you don't have to pay to not get results. Hey man, you can get no results for free ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's such That's a game. The real problem with when it comes to building a business is that it's a it's a gradual approach because one, you have to establish value that takes time, and then two, you have to establish consumer trust, and that also right. takes. Time. Once you've established those things, now you have a, a money printer man. that people people have to buy into you first is where i'm going and that's where it really comes down to it doesn't care no one really cares about your gym no one really cares about all the letters behind your name cscs and all the other stuff no one cares they really Definitely don't yeah. they really don't care they want to know i have this issue can you help me can you help me fix it and and pretty much how soon can we get it going how soon can we fix it? Well, and if you're honest with them, like, hey, however long it takes, as long as you're doing the things that are right. And the only way you can say that, you have to know what's right for that person, which means you're going to have to take time to figure it out and find out who they are and what works for them. And so time is in there. Time is the one thing you can't ignore. No matter what, you can't get around it. You can't get around it. Not if you actually want to succeed. And even if you don't succeed, even if you try to get around time, all the time you spent trying to avoid time, is going to make you be very successful at being a failure. Yeah. So, so time is going to get it's time is going to get it's it's going to get what it wants, no matter what, no matter what, whether you choose to ignore it or not, it's going to get theirs. Okay. It's yeah, and get, because and because because you can't fight time, you don't want to waste any time trying to give advice to people that didn't ask for it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just, like right now, we just told you we just try to give you some advice, and you probably didn't ask for it, so. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> I shut off 30 minutes ago, guys. Don't worry. 
when you guys started talking about you know, cutting out things that I like to do, you know, you Come lost on, me. On. You guys lost me when you, you when you said that. We used to talk about the whole strip club and 11 o'clock dinner at the strip club. I was like, I'm too busy. I left for the strip club after that. So I wasn't even <laughs> listening to you guys anymore. I was listening to the episode on the way to the strip exactly. club. Exactly. <laughs> I go, you know what? I'm going to keep going anyway. Uh, I think these guys, <laughs> these guys, these guys are making are... good points, but I'm going to go anyway. <laughs> Oh man. So yeah. So there you go, man. Just take that, take a challenge. Like I said, I'm not getting back to how we started all this. Try to go 24 hours without inserting yourself into someone's life and trying to give them advice. You know, think about that. We're not advising you to do it. We're just saying, think about it. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, we're not, we're not asking, you know, we're just like, we're bringing up, a, we're bringing up a little subject here. Just something, something to think about. We're not saying that you have to do it. We're just saying, Hmm. The idea is out there and do what you do what you may with that, you know, so can- counts as well. So don't think that you can just go give advice to people on Instagram and that doesn't count. That counts. Yeah, as well. that counts and as well. You, uh, talking to any woman I know, nothing is more annoying to them than just random dudes just giving them advice that they didn't ask for. Oh, my God. I was like, well, that's, you know, congrats on pulling that weight, but you might want to try, you know, moving your hands or, here. Have you ever thought here. about doing this? It's like, no, she hasn't. And she's like, no, <laughs> she'll figure it out on her own. She doesn't need your bitch ass to come in. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I focus on what you should be doing with your page. What are you doing? Going it's around? always, it's always an account with no picture in, in the avatar. <laughs> it's like some random gray white space silhouette head trying to give the advice. Okay. I, I can't even see if you can even back up the things you're saying right now, because you don't even exist. Um, Trolley, trolley mine zero two six six seven, you know, it's like <laughs> all these other stupid names that are used, like shut up. <laughs> so yeah, dude. So yeah, like so there's something to think about. And then after that, something to think about is, hey, now that you're not talking and giving people advice, hmm, I wonder what happened if you just didn't talk for 24 hours, including text. So no form of word involved communication. <laughs> hmm. Something to think about. Hey, and if you can even do it, forget about 24 hours. If you can even do it for a Sunday afternoon, I say six hours. Hey, he no. gave you an easy day too. That's an yeah. easy day, Sunday. Yeah. He didn't even give you a work day for most people. I mean, you, let's, let's talk about cutting out every stimuli you can think of. So no television, no computer, no phone, no listening to music, no listening to podcasts. No people. You're alone. You're alone with your thoughts for six hours. Hey, we'll give, you, we'll give you, we'll throw you a bone. You can have your pet, but don't talk to her. Because guess what? They don't talk. Unless you have a cockatoo or something like that. But if it's a dog, you don't even have to talk to them. Dogs understand more about you with no words than anyone, than any living being. Well, they I'll get tell you it. what the cool thing about dogs is, especially if you're taking care of them in the right way, is they help reinforce your good habits. So like right. when, I, when I used to take a post, when I, when I, whenever I need to take a post-workout nap, they'll come in the room with me. And mm-hmm. all, of us, all of us relaxing together helps me relax faster. I get into a more relaxed state faster. Yep. And we're all in the same energy vibration. And then when it's time to get active, they're active. So that brings my energy up too. So it's dogs, if you train dogs well and you treat them well, they're going to reinforce your good habits. Now, if you're someone who likes to eat a lot and you're just constantly giving your dog food every time you eat, now you have an overweight dog. <laughs> right. You never have an overweight dog. My, my, I've never had, I've had dogs that are overweight when I rescue them. Yes, same. But they weren't overweight for long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they, they didn't want to be overweight. They're like my yellow lab, Rabia, she didn't want to be overweight. She was just in a sedentary home before she got to me. So just right. no one was walking her clearly because once I started walking her around the neighborhood, she wanted to keep going. It was like, she hadn't done it in so long. I could tell she's like, wow, this is great. I'm actually, I actually have someone walking me. I can sniff around. I can do things. I mean, I remember when people saw her when I first got her and then I had a few people over at the house, maybe three months later, they thought it was a new dog. They're like, Hey, did you get a new <laughs> dog? I'm like, nope. Same dog. Just put her on a good routine of healthy food and activity and she feels in, in a safe, secure environment, works wonders. Yeah. Just those little things taken for granted, man, that people don't even think about. Yes, yeah, so you reinforce their good habits, they'll reinforce your good habits. It work, works, works both ways, though. Yeah, big time. So, yeah, it's just some nice challenges to think about, especially going into a new year at the time you're hearing this. So, you want to, people love to start off a new year with challenges. Well, how about this? You know, won't even cost you the money of an unused gym membership either. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. That's all I got. That's all I got. Good place to stop. <laughs> Perfect, man. All right, folks. So we'll catch you guys on the next episode.
Take care, everybody. Take care, everyone. That wraps up this week's Live Life Progressively show. Be sure to head over to MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Use the coupon code LLA12 and receive 12% off of your total purchase at either of those websites. Also, for more personal protection tips, make sure you head over to NewWarriorDefense.com. Support the production of the Live Life Progressive show by heading over to Patreon.com and becoming a patron. Simply go to Patreon.com slash LLA podcast. All Patreon subscribers receive Patreon-only access to our brand new show, Afterlife, which is a brand new behind-the-scenes episode that is not available to the public. Our Patreon subscribers also get to enjoy bigger discounts on all of our products by receiving patron-only discount codes beginning at 15% off on all products on MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Lastly, be sure to share the episode by following us on social media on Facebook as well as our new account on Instagram. Until the next episode, take care, everybody.